Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boys out here, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell no. Welcome, Welcome to Marsha's Plate. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be alright. Join the conversation. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say. You can also help us build community by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Marsha's Plate. By contributing to this podcast, you help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time. So let's get started. Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey. We back, we back, we back. What's the motherfucking howdy, deal, darling? Howdy. That's what Texas. What? Howdy? Howdy. Yeah, we Texas. That's what they say up there in Brookshire. <laughs> howdy. <laughs> yeah. I, heard I haven't I heard nothing. You know what the girls in Waco do give howdy. Oh, now. that must be rural. <laughs> must be rural, Texas. That ain't my that ain't my jeans. <laughs> that ain't my jewels. I never. <laughs> Howdy, y'all. <laughs> you gotta say, that's, what, howdy. that's what you got to say to y'all. Howdy, y'all. Howdy, y'all. Y'all can adapt to that. I'm not a cowgirl for free. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let me stop. Well, howdy, y'all. I don't want to promote prostitution and things. I just got kicked out of a hotel, bro. I cannot. What? <laughs> you got kicked out of a hotel? I ain't gonna judge you because I've been kicked out of. Ho- I got kicked out of a hotel in Philly. No, but it was late because the cis woman couldn't take it. I guess it was his wife or whatever. It was a little hour- hourly type tease, and he was like, "Um, he called me right in the middle." Of, you know, I ain't even gonna go that far. Just know that I had. You were working a lot. Of, I had a lot of business. You were working. He, he, he couldn't keep track. He thought I had three people in my room at one time. I was like, no, they just leaving quick. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, ma'am, no, we can't do any illegal activities. Um, we have recorded, um, we uh, record um, vehicles and um, you can't do any illegal activity over here. And I kind of felt away because how you just don't know I'm promiscuous. Why I got to be a hoe? I could just like to fuck a lot of niggas. And, and then you're trying That's to scare the truth. me. Yeah. And then you're trying to scare me and say that um that you you would got you could record motherfucking vehicles and stuff, bitch. First of all, I think that's legal. That's against um some type of privacy law, bitch. You can't do that. You can't record people's shit and look them up for no reason. You ain't got no probable cause. 
Unless you got a motherfucking video camera in here, I don't know about. No, girl. But at the end of the day, it was like, I like to fuck. I like to have sex. What what would be the difference if I was a person that I like to have fucks? I like to fuck and I done had three niggas running in here fucking this box up, honey. <laughs> what would be the difference? You gonna tell me they I can't was, fuck? Yeah, they would stereotype you. I got stereotypes. No, no, no. I they know. even thought they were right this time. <laughs> I know why, but... <laughs> But it still, it shouldn't matter because if I, that's what I mean. I'm like, I know why they yeah. stereotyped, but at the end of the day, sweetie, <laughs> I could be doing what I want to do, which is not illegal. And that's something that could actually be happen. Like, what if I was just like a really freaky, I wanted to go to a little place that nobody know and meet a couple of guys. You stereotyping me as a working girl is kind of late, but you know, it is what it is. I went to another hotel, kept it pushing, keep making my coins. But um, <laughs> you I really don't. Away, I hotel. feel like you think I should. I feel like I should stop talking about that, y'all, like sex work and stuff, because I feel like I don't want people like being like, oh, you know, like I don't want them to feel like I'm promoting it. You know, like oh, I don't this feel like you're promoting that. I think you're just talking about experience. That's how I see it. That's how I see it. Yeah, people are so judgmental. You know, if y'all fuck them. them. You a trans woman? You ain't got over not being judged, girl. Fuck them. I'm, I'm saying because you did you see T- Miss T time them girl um them girls that work at motherfucking Whole Foods and them um calling them men and stuff. Bitch, when stuff like that happened to us in the workplace, like that happened to me at Walmart, shit like that happened to you, Diamond. What makes you think that we want to be in environments like that? We this is what we resort to. Yeah, I get it, but I ain't about to be shamed of uh, fuck shit. <laughs> I ain't about to feel if we uh, look, we get judged so much on just we could be. Look, this is another thing that I, I, I want to kind of say too because we don't because of what we are, we don't have the luxury of being respectable. In far as society's eyes, it don't matter. You could be, you could have degrees, you could have, you could be a virgin, mm. you could be whatever you, you could be all the quote unquote things of, of respect that are respectable. Just because you are a trans woman, motherfuckers going to judge you and disrespect you. <laughs> so it doesn't really fucking matter. That shit is not real. That shit is not. We just don't have that. That's just not what is. We don't have the luxury of that in the same way that shit. Now nah, I don't even. If I want to be real, I don't even think black cis women have the luxury of that. If I keep real, they can have all the things in yeah. in the world. Motherfucker, just because they a black woman, motherfuckers uh, judge them and stereotype them. You see what I'm saying? It don't really matter. So. You know, I feel like shit. I don't give a fuck about a bitch judgment. We being real and telling you about shit that's really going on in our motherfucking life. Fuck your judgments, particularly here on your motherfucking platform. You can talk about what the fuck you want. But I don't know, daughter. Because like, I have. I mean, daughter, daughter. I don't know why I called you. I said that because I was about to tell you about my gay daughter. Um. She said she wanted to be a stripper. I was like, Miss Think you're only 17. And then I remember that I had made a post about that stripper pose. And I was like, oh, I don't want the little kids to be wanting to grow up to be strip, which is 
if you got to do what you got to do, but Miss Thing, that's because you still you investing in, in respectability politics. That's because you 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 feel no. being a stripper and sex worker is bad in yourself, and that's what no, you feel okay, bad about. I mean, uh, you cannot <laughs> speak for me, girl. That is girl, girl. That's what it is. You don't want to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you tell her. No, it's not want the, the kids to grow up and want to be strippers. What's wrong with being a stripper? If you believe no. sex work is work, no. But listen, listen, listen. Okay, listen, girl. You know I don't give a fuck. But like, I feel like there was a there's a responsibility that comes with certain platforms, and I just want the children to know that. That is not something that you have to do in order to be successful. That's that's not the only lane. Like, I don't want... Because that's not all that I've done. Like, I got a degree in business. I've I've worked in different places where um, my transness didn't play a big role. And I was able to, like... And that may be some of my privilege speaking, but... I mean, I think that... it could be bigger than just sex work, and I don't want it, that to be the main focus. I get uh, what you're saying. I don't. You don't want. You don't want them to think. You don't want them them to think that's the only option. But what I'm saying, what if that's the option she wants? It's not about it not being any options. It's I want to do this. I would get you life, but I'm not gonna promote it. I'm not gonna be like, yeah, bitch, we're gonna go get you some stripper heels, and then we're gonna get you into. Um, I got, I know this girl who could do stripping uh, pole lessons and all these things. We can do this for fun, yes, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like push her towards it. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure that they, they got. If options, that's what she like, wants, and she wants to be the world's best stripper. If she wants to be a stripper, that's what she wants to do. That's what she wants. Like, not like, I. At, when she don't support your daughter, if that's what she wants. When I grow up, I want to be a stripper. That's why. Yes. Want. Yes. Gonna You're not gonna support I already, it. I already told her. I said, if that's what you got to do, darling, get your life. But you said you want it because she said she want to do hair. I said also, don't forget about. Your cosmetology license. This is my. This is my thing. This is something that I, um that you told me that I talk that I tell them. You can't just do sex work, and that's. I think that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to promote. Like I understand the girls know that you can make a coin, blah 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 blah. But also, don't make it hard for yourself. When you think from a business perspective, you have to have rep- multiple revenues of income to just be cool and chill like you see the girls like they portray on instagram and some people do live that life but in actuality you have to have different revenues of income you if you that girl and you can sell it like that as a sex worker then you could do it but why let that be your only main source i want you i want them to know that I have different ways I can make money versus just this. Because when I was younger, my mind was just this. Even though I did get my degree in business and I did do other things, I other things I still didn't think of multiple revenues. Like that wasn't something that I was stuck on. What kept you stable? What I knew, my hustle. And what hustle was that that kept you stable? both know that hustle, honey. <laughs> we know the hustle. Sex work. Sex work. <laughs> yes, but it, it kept me stable, but 
Uh, I also want to let this be known that it was also a choice. I could have went and got two McDonald's jobs. I did that in high school. I, I was working at Sonic and at um, Pizza Hut at the same time, two Sonics at the same time. I That's not the only way that you can do it. You know what I'm saying? It's I just not. want them to know that that's the only way. Just because I done been robbed three times, twice at gunpoint, and almost raped once. I'm not supposed to be here. The nigga emptied the nigga the nigga before the nigga was about to rape, rape me. The, he took the clip out of his motherfucking gun and it fell on the floor and it was full of bullets. He was prepared to wear me the fuck out. So I take there there are precautions in every hustle, but not precautions. But there are things that can happen to you when you hustle. But like, why let this shit be the only way? Let this be something that damn. Oh shit! I lost my job. This shit ain't working for me. This shit ain't working for me. Okay, boom. I know what I can do. So it's not about respectability. It's about um, this. There are better options. Keep this in the bag. Keep this in the toolbox. But there are better <laughs> options. And you can add that at will. Yeah. Like a lot sense. of people judge me and be like, oh, you do sex work. And they people think that I'm available all the time. I'm not like, no, I have a life. I've also had, I also have a degree in business. I mention that often because you're always stereotyped to be a dumb bitch and somebody who, who doesn't know anything and someone who is, um, class, uh, classist and just this mediocre type of frame streetwalker type of image and every girl that does sex work isn't a did so a lot there are there have been girls who were doctors who who made coins more than they did as doctors doing sex work so it's it's not something that um it's for people who just don't who just aren't smart or they don't have any other choice some people actually choose it because it it they take advantage of the stigmas and things that they're born with. Mm. Okay. I just want to make, I just want to, I, I, I get you now. I just want to make it clear that if a person wants to choose sex work and they want that to be a hustle, that is just as respectable as any other business. Um, and also I get what you're saying there. Th- that does come with a risk. Um, and you want to make sure you have other things to fall back on because as a f- former sex worker myself, um, and a bitch who, honey, if it get down to it, if some coins come my way, that I'm going to take them. Um, that too. And honey, just just took some last week. <laughs> Old client came through. I didn't. I don't have no ads up, but honey, he had my number and called me. I said, oh, I'm bored. I'm not doing nothing. You got my right? Oh, cute. Wear it out. I need that little, little, little coin. I don't put ads up, but if honey, if some coins come through, I'm taking them. Anyway, to that type of bitch, I, there there is a um there is a risk that comes with it that you gotta be that you gotta understand. And um and yeah, I think if you you should have things in your toolbox, you should have things that you can use to survive because this world ain't doing us no motherfucking favors. This world is not making it easier for us to climb up the social ladder. Um, cl- what all the spoils of what class, you know, class is bullshit, but what class in regards to um, being classy, being respectful, that doesn't, uh, the spoils that come with that respectability act does not necessarily come to us as trans people. 
So we have to make sure that um, you are supporting people when they need your support, whether you think it's respectful or not, and letting them know what options and being real about your life. And that's what really my point is. You shouldn't be ashamed about talking about your experiences because that is literally what people are going to resonate with because, you know, they're looking for somebody who's being real about the life too and hiding it and being ashamed of it does not give, does not um, resonate with people in the way that being real about it and talking about it in, uh, in confidence and truth does. I agree. I'm definitely not ashamed about it. I just you just don't want to promote it because you I want the girls to know it's other options. But okay. you need to know the truth too, you know. Yeah, so. all right. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So, not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts, I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck (laughs) so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. <laughs> so we've been gone for a minute and... A lot of shit happened in regards to Dave Chappelle. I don't want to talk about it for long, but I know we are uh, a, a platform that talks about cultural happenings, particular things that revolve around transness. So I want to give y'all a chance to share your opinion about Dave Chappelle. I don't want to be on it long <laughs> because I'm kind of over it because that has dominated our break. <laughs> and so... Um, I want to hear what y'all opinions. What did y'all think about it? What did y'all, um, you know, as, as as we as we've been gone? What have you thought? What's your thoughts? You go first. Mm-hmm. I was wearing it out. <laughs> we need to hear some masculinity. Well, I watched it well, as soon as it came out before all the controversy sparked. Um, which I think was the kind of the purpose of it um, because Netflix knew what they were doing they knew what uh, Dave Chappelle knew what he was doing he's very intentional about what he's going to be talking about um, and then we previously talked about sticks and stones and we all kind of agreed that it was it wasn't too vi- well I know I felt it wasn't violence I more so laugh because Dave Spell has always been a problematic um, comedian. So when I watched it, I actually felt like 
he stayed on one topic too long. I felt like he stayed on the trans topic too long. I was like, why? Why does it feel uncomfortable? Almost like he's. It almost it almost was at that borderline like kissing ass type of vibe to me when I first because I was like kissing whose ass no like LGBT people like saying you know I have this friend and my friend and you know it for it just was prolonged than I expected and I've never heard a comedian speak on trans issues specifically that long and um, I laughed. It was funny to me, but I was just like, dang, I wish she would have talked about other stuff because I'm interested when he talks about other stuff. So, but I could tell that whatever happened impacted him a lot um, with last time, um, with Six of Songs with the Backlash. Um, and I don't know. And not to say that I don't, not to say that I don't care about others' feelings and how they felt about it. Honestly, I didn't understand why people went so hard for so long. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And then it was also um, interesting at the end of the credit at the credits. He had all this um, what one would call liberal stuff, like he had um, George Floyd and. Black Trans Lives Matter and stone people, some gay men holding up a Stonewall sign. And it was just interesting seeing that at the ending and also him actually bringing up <laughs> trans men too. You know, it made me laugh when he was like, um, well, what made me comfortable was seeing a man with a vagina back up to the stall. I laughed so hard at that. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think that he explored the conversation more deeper, even though some might feel different, more deeper than most people have talked about it publicly, especially somebody of his status. So I don't know. That's how that's how I saw it. I understand if people were offended, but I personally wasn't. What about you? <laughs> okay, so I was like, the last Dave Chappelle special was controversial because you know he got to talking about the the bus or some the car and the analogy on who sits where, and then he started talking about transness and you know it was the issue with that. So I was like, okay, I wonder what the new special is gonna get. I got to listen in. And it was a lot, a lot of dark humor, like a lot of dark humor. And I was trying to, I was looking for things like, dang, like, should, should I feel offended because of this? Or am I just being, or am I being sensitive? Like, I feel like you should be able to laugh and have fun and you know, at yourself. Well, not or, just at yourself, but just like everything shouldn't be so critical. And that's what that was my mind process at the time. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should see where this is going. Like, really just get into it. And it seemed like it's okay to me from my perspective. 
the way he does his um his routine is kind of like poetry like it's deeper than just the surface like i i seen him um talk about non-binary people um he talked about the intersectionality of queerness like how you know a black queer person and a white queer person can be hanging out and they could be fighting for the same thing but then you know when it comes to skin color they're still oppressed blah, blah, blah. he didn't say it in those words but he still talked about it and there were some times where I kind of felt uncomfortable when when he, when he was like um <laughs> it's still the key but I still was kind of like oh this is a little Oh, but he was saying a lot of shit that was kind of like, girl, this is a lot when he was like, um, he talked about rape and then he talked about, he talked about a lot of lewd stuff. So when he was like, he said something about feminism, no, not, not being a turd. No, he, when he was talking about the, the difference between a sex change and a I this one. <laughs> All I could think about was you, Diamond, because you be giving that. Like when you start talking about in a for oh, see, here we go. You gotta be really careful about what you say because I, I know that certain people I know, but it still could be problematic. Like just like being a post-op woman thinking about like hey, like <laughs> <laughs> It's being compared to this, and you know, people are keying at it. So I'm trying to be sensitive to that nature too. But then I also have heard our inner community say similar things. And but then but then I was sitting there like thinking, like, dang, like are certain people not allowed to do certain things? Like, you know how. White people aren't allowed to do make racist jokes and blackface anymore. Like they're, they're like like the, the way the evolution of that comedy happened throughout history is that what we're doing to our generation, like letting them know, hey, you know, even though this isn't a race thing, this is a um a queer thing that you can't do. And I think um, I think there were a lot of things that were understood, but I could, for some instance, and he may not, I can't speak for him, but he seemed like he was in his feelings because he was like, you know, I had a homegirl, that, that, a white homegirl that was cool. I helped her out. Da, 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 da. I got to know her. She was a cool individual. Da, 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 da. Y'all started coming for me. He didn't say this, but I'm just summing up from he what put I put her on. Is it like he made it seem like he put her on? Yeah. And he was like, she was trying to protect me when y'all was coming for me. And y'all wore her out. And I think that's what, you know, helped to commit. Um, I'm sorry. I think that's what, you know, caused her to commit suicide. And then he said that he set up a fund for the child. And I was like, you know, that that was really sweet. Really sweet of you. Because you didn't have to. You could have just paid it. But he seemed like he was in his feelings when he talked about that. And I was just like, okay, you know. I don't know. I I think that I'm trying not to be so sensitive. I think there are some things that you should be sensitive about. But, like, I'm, I'm talking, I'm and I'm not saying that other people are sensitive. I'm saying, like, from my perspective, like, 
keying in and like my ears being sensitive to certain things, like it helps my mental health, like like not having to not like just be upset at the same stuff. Be upset of everything, like just wearing everything out, like I just be like, girl. Mm. It wasn't like it to me. It, it didn't feel mean. It didn't feel like a mean energy. I don't know. I would have felt it. That was energy, but, but I don't know. Uh, it was. He's always been that way, though. He's made fun of um, doing crack before, doing drugs. He's always made fun of. Um, he made he's fun, made of, fun of coons. He's yeah. made fun of. Uh, <laughs> He's made fun of racist white people all the time. And so, like, him critiquing racist white people in the midst of that, I feel like was needed. That critique, because it is real. So, that's how I started. I don't know. I don't know if I was offended. I'm more so um, on the side that I wasn't offended, but then on the side, like, I really don't give a fuck. Like, I really, I really don't. I'm like, it comes a time where it's just like, damn, I'm. There's so many motherfucking battles to be fought. That's just not one of them I want to fight. I'm more so thinking about the girl that got murdered in her apartment complex. And two people, two niggas came and said that they knew who it was. And then all of a sudden, they one was locked up in Louisiana. And he changed the story. And don't nobody know. And now the case has been dropped and can't be picked oh, up. I mean, it's like, the, go ahead. I meant racist gay people. He made that critique of racist gay people. My bad. Yeah, the the um, <laughs> intersections of queerness, honey. You know, but I don't know. I just choose my fights. That just wasn't one of them. I'd be I'd be getting exhausted. Hmm. Interesting. Um. I don't know. It uh, it's a couple of things. Well, first of all. I am friends with the girl who was roommate with Daphne. Who's Daphne? Daphne is the white trans woman that he parade ar- paraded around as his token trans person. <laughs> that he paraded around and said, oh, my friend Daphne. That he paraded around just like a white person. When you when you hold try to hold them accountable for their racism, they say, well, my best friend is black. I have black people in my life. He paraded Daphne around as if um, that absolves him. His one white um, comedian friend who was, of course, you the top of the game in comedian. Of course, you're going to kiss your ass. And particularly white people, (laughs) a white trans person going to kiss your ass and be like, yeah, he's great. I wasn't offended. Yeah. That's what the fuck they, you know, they, you know, they gonna give that. They gonna give that shit. So, <laughs> so, in in that regards, I'm friends with her actual roommate that she lived with before she committed suicide, and her roommate Is that what she has. Told you? No, no, no. Her, no, that's what she told everybody publicly. And she said it multiple times. So before this um, documentary came out, she had been sharing when, when Daphne first passed away, she had shared in multiple posts about how Daphne was going through it with her family. 
and her baby mama and her children and her family life was hectic when in, in regards to in relation to her transition. So, so she was a lesbian. I don't know what she was. I'm not, I don't know about okay. her identity. I know she My was bad. a trans woman and that she was, was going bad. through normal transgender life stuff. So Dave putting it out as if the community attacking her to def- in defense of him was what pushed her to suicide is actually a fucking lie and 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 egregious. <laughs> because that's not what was going on. When I mentioned it, I was saying like that was like something he assumed. Like that's from my perspective. That was like he would just say that, like, okay, that was what I he implied in, in the special. Happened. That's what he implied in the special that she, that, that the tr- the trans community attacked her and then then she killed herself. Um, days later, that actually wasn't the case. <laughs> she was already what I thought he said he don't know if that's the case or she was. Yes, but his but he implied he said, it. He said he felt like that might have added on to it. Yes, that's the implication, and so that implication is actually false. People were already, she was already open with the people who were close to her, like her friends and her roommates and her family about what was going on. Did, did, did Was there a backlash when she was defending a fucking transphobe? Yes, you're going to get a backlash. Just like Caitlyn Jenner gets a backlash. Just like everybody else get a backlash when they're fucking transphobe and you're defending transphobes. That's what's going to happen. But she was already going through life stuff. That was more pressing than what was going wish, on with community. I wish a girl would. And so there's that. And then, you know, her roommate said more things, but she has been very adamant before the special. So it wasn't it wasn't anything. Um, it wasn't like, oh, I'm saying this because of the Dave Chappelle special. She had been saying this when, since she passed away, before she passed away, that her friend was going through something. <laughs> was going through things before the backlash, before the Dave Chappelle special, before anything like that. She mm-hmm. she had some mental health stuff going on in her life. So that well, was quite annoying. Me. That was quite annoying. Um, for me, I think of Dave Chappelle and people like him and Black men who do social commentary in the same way that I think of hip-hop music. I can hear a song and it be misogynistic as fuck and I twerk to it. It'd be a song that I'm like, ooh, hey, this is my jam. And I can hear the disrespect within the lyrics of women and the misogyny and the homophobia and blah, 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 blah. But because it's a cute song and I'm so used to it, I was born into the hip hop culture. I was born in 81. And so I grew up when hip hop just was fucking, it's always been around. So disrespecting women in music, disrespecting men with their massage, sharing their misogynistic point of views in music, in their art, in their career. I'm used to navigating a space of simultaneously enjoying the art and being offended by the art and the craft that is being, what is being put out. Mm-hmm. So I am used to being in that space. So when I am when I'm navigating the space of artists, comedians, particularly black ones, I know there is a is it cognitive dissonance? I don't know what it is. There is a there is a blind spot that I put up that 
I can enjoy something without like critiquing it. Do you get what I'm saying? Like I can, I know that this mm-hmm. is misogyny. I know that this is disrespectful to women. I know, but this is a cute beat. So I'm just, and I'm hearing it all the time on the radio. I know what, I don't have the power to stop them from playing it at the club. I, I didn't even think, particularly when I was younger, didn't even think to ask, can y'all stop playing this at the club? Cause nobody would do that because everybody likes this song. <laughs> it is just something that, I know I don't have the power to change every single transphobe. I know I don't have the power to change every single homophobe. I know I don't have the power to change every single um, um, and cancel every single fucking misogynist. I know I don't have the power to do that. But what I enjoy about this moment that we are living in is that we are able, we have the power to critique it. We may not have the power to cancel somebody like, um, Dave Chappelle. We may not have the power to stop his bag. He had was already paid. <laughs> he had already pinned it years ago. This was the last of a row of um of specials that he was supposed to do for Netflix. He's been paid for his his part. <laughs> so um it's not about canceling him. It's about we have I think it's beautiful that we have the power to critique when somebody says some bullshit that we hear nowadays because back in the day people could just say shit and we didn't have the power to say anything we didn't have allies to speak up for us we didn't have the queer community and the lesbian community and the um and the um cishet allies we didn't have them to say yo this is kind of trash you get what i'm saying i'm that's what i'm seeing more of I'm seeing more of people who aren't trans stepping up and saying, uh, this is transphobic. This is kind of whack. I don't like this. This is that. And they're really making their, um, they're really for me, letting it be known that we are ally and we've been listening to y'all. We do see the transphobia in this. We do see the homophobia in this. We do see the misogyny and misogynoir in this. And we're calling it out. And that's about anything, not just Dave, about anything. When we talk, when we think about the plight of Black women, when we think about the plight of Black men getting killed by police, when we think about those things, there are different conversations that are happening now in 2021 that weren't happening in 2010, that weren't happening in 2000, that weren't happening in the 90s. There is a depth of conversation that is happening culturally that when I was growing up, I didn't see. So while folks may be tired of battling, and I, 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 hearing y'all talk, not that it's a problem. I get what you're saying because I was so tired of hearing about Dave Chappelle. <laughs> but I would like y'all to critique when y'all get tired. And when y'all get tired and who y'all get tired with and really pay attention because I don't see not just y'all, but other people. It feels like when black men do things, it's easy for us to get tired, particularly powerful black men, um, particularly men who have great racial critiques because black men are going to not all of them, but most of them are going to have amazing racial critiques because that is literally the one of the main source of oppression for them. So they're going to they're going to know racism 
like a back of their hand. They're going to be able to make racism critiques when it comes to LGBT community because that's the only analysis that they are good at. They're not good at misogyny. They're not good at homophobia. They're not good at um, uh, massage noir at all. They're not good at transphobia. They're not good at those things. So it doesn't impress me when they have great racial analysis. Bitch, yeah. We t- honey, the rest of us taught you how to say what you need to say. <laughs> Look, the, many you, you, do like we know you have a racial analysis. Impre- black men impress me when they have other analysis, when they have deep anti, um, when they have deep um, anti transphobia critiques, when they have deep anti sexism critiques when they when they have learned enough and read enough to be like mm, nah this is kind of misogyny bro and it's not cool when they have learned enough to say uh, that's kind of homophobic and that's just not cool right now that's you can you can be straight and a man and not be homophobic you can be straight and a man and not be sexist you can be that how, how do you joke about transness in a healthy way like you know when you when i think about that i'm like the that kind of critique is like you know when they they took out um, like blackface and yeah, all what that you just of, said. Like getting rid of certain so- social norms that were harmful. So that when you when you say that, that's what I think. Like that is an example that I think of. But were they jokes? Were they jokes at the end of that? Was that jokes to that particular audience? So when you think what about like the odd. His audience would be mainly like heterosexuals, right? I just didn't feel like the end of that was jokes. I don't feel like the com. I didn't get the jokes in it. I didn't get the jokes. I didn't get. Um, I just felt like it was a dude talking socially. I didn't get about social commentating on us about how we're not real women and how we are. Um, like he agrees with. Hey, Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying that the or are you saying that the the jokes that they were telling back then weren't jokes? No, it was, No, I'm just, talking about Dave Chappelle. Yeah. At oh, the end, okay. it didn't feel like a joke. I it didn't feel in the, the in the last 45, 30 minutes, they didn't feel like, oh, I'm setting up a punchline and boom, here's the punchline. Like he was doing in the beginning, you can kind of tell he's he was doing his joke thing. In the end, it didn't feel like jokes. It felt like I agree with, um, um, I'm talking about Daphne. I'm talking about J.K. Rowling, and I'm telling you that I agree with her. And y'all are not women. Y'all are not what y'all say y'all are. And so for me, I don't find that funny. I don't find that, um, I think that adds to the drop of all the issues that we just talked about in, earlier of the problems that we have. I think, I don't think he's the only one, but um, I think he's adding to the bucket of the problems and it leads to harm to us. So while yes, I'm tired um, and it's annoying, I'm tired because I know you don't have enough money for me to affect you. I know you don't have enough money for me to cancel you. There's no, I don't have enough power I mean, I don't have enough power. I know you have too much money for me to do anything about it. Do you feel what I'm saying? So, yeah, I just don't think it. Um, I want y'all to really think about when y'all say you being too sensitive 
and when you are when you are going hard because i think like you mia when it's a cisgender woman you don't think i'm tired of saying negative about them when they when they do some transphobic shit you never get tired you always got smoke for them what you trying to say down there i'm trying to say you you don't ever get tired with no, them? no, yes, the fuck, I do get tired, but I be having, I be having moments that trigger me. But speaking of that, uh, Diamond, you just started having six women friends. There was a time where you said, "Girl, you didn't even want to be friends with them because you didn't trust them." Yes, but I always got smoke for all of them, all the time. Uh, just, but that's what I'm saying, Diamond. Just, like when we, when we, when in the beginning of my transness, I didn't see. I think it just went over my head because I was naive to like the shade. I thought that it was fun. Like when they would, or I, I thought that it was normal when they would be like, Oh, I want to see if this guy is gay. Come over here and, and let's see if he try to holler at you. I didn't know that it was actually setting me up and wearing me the fuck out type T having me coming, having them, having me in the car while they go pick up their boyfriend and drive around and see if he look at me and shit. I didn't know. I was ignorant to it. So now that I'm older, I see like the shade and the extra stuff and the immediate change when certain subjects come up. Like they, they be cool. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You that shit that they do to the gays. Like they, they fag out and stuff. But when it becomes to like certain cis women, a cis female, AFAB gender things, it get real touchy and sensitive and shit go from on to off real quick. And I'm not saying that I, I look at cis women differently because I like I always say if I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for a black cis women. But I see I see the the struggle with being friends with everyone. I would just talk about different things that I have issues with with cis women as I've gotten older and just throughout my history. Yeah, it's not I that I, wanna, uh, I I don't like them, but I'm talking about my journey. Yes, I just want us to be conscious of when, who we get tired and who we have that kind of grace for, who we have that kind of, um, oh, I just don't want to be um, too sensitive. I, it, I want, I want, well, I want I us mean, to pay attention to but when Diamond, we give are we that allowed grace. That, are we, yes. I understand that, Diamond. I understand that, like, you know, there's times where you can chill and there's times where you need to turn up, but like, what if right now I'm depressed and yes. the, the outside world don't know this. I'm going through a lot. I'm like, everybody, everybody's turned up and I don't got the energy to, to, to even battle a transphobe because it's, there's energy that comes with being in that battle. Uh, motherfucking um, Blossom just almost got trolled at a rally with what's the name while they was trying to protest. There's a certain energy that you have to have when you come, when you talk to them, that negativity, it's like, it's like trying to talk to a racist Ku Klux Klan chief as a black person. That's how, and, and, and black people as I'm a black person. But when we compare it to um, cis straight people, they try to make it seem like, oh, there's no comparison. I'm just making an analogy because that's the only thing that you that you can understand that I know you understand because I'm a black person. So. That's how it feels. It feels like, bitch, I'm just talking to the fucking concrete. And it, it takes a certain type of energy because when somebody's invested on misunderstanding you, you're not going to go nowhere. But the way they gaslight it, sometimes it can, you can, it can 
they make you think that you having some type of progress. It's just, it's too much motherfucking shit. And it, it, it just, it's like, girl, I can't take it right now. No, no, I mean, no. I'm not saying that you don't have a right that when you're tired, I, I, no, no, no. I want you, yes. If you are tired, sometimes you don't have, because it does take energy. And sometimes it's like, mm-hmm. child, I don't have the energy for it. Yeah. But I'm, what I'm asking everybody to do, not just you, but everybody, is to pay attention to when you get that grace, who, what scenario, who is the catalyst of the scenario, when you give them that grace, when you are tired, when you don't feel like it, because I'm seeing a lot of grace given to these types of dudes when they go this far, but, but we got all the smoke. Like, look, remember when we was talking about old girl being problematic with her light skin, the, the Danny Lee, what her colorism, when we, when we were talking about that, we, we get shit canceled when we, when it's time for shit to be canceled, we, we, when it's come to, it just seems like certain people and certain things we always got the smoke for but, but I don't just always have the smoke so, for black women. So, I, I I have the smoke for black men too. It's just this oh. circumstance, which I'm just unbothered by it. Like I'm just I'm I don't got time for it. But I, I understand, Diamond. Girl, just to pay attention there's some things to you gotta pay attention to. But girl, this one I bitch, I'm sitting down, I'm trying to figure out what the fuck happened in Dallas and that girl got killed. That's something that's bothering me. Like the little girl that stuff that's happening to us. I'm focused on it's so many fights. There's we're homeless. We're getting raped. We're getting killed. I feel like everybody got their fight. This one just wasn't from my fight. So for me, I'm feeling like can people like is joking about trans stuff out of bounds because I thought of it in the sense of if we took that special and make put it in the time capsule and put it in the 60s the times with stonewall those times they probably couldn't have afforded jokes like that but i feel like there would have been some that appreciated like thank you for finally talking about it thank you for talking like talking about the racist white gays um especially like sylvia rivera she dealt with the gays just kind of just throwing them under the bus they probably would like wow we have uh comedian put in Black Trans Lives Matter at the end of the, at their credits, which has never been done before and talked about it and not in a deep way. I feel like he talked about it in a way like a cis hat man, the best of their ability can talk about it and talk about how sex is a fact and there's differences. And if being a turf means saying that sex is a fact, then that's what I am. And I'm one of those people that feel like sex is a fact, which is why I'm trans and I'm female body. And that is, it's a difference. So that's just, I guess that's why I kind of resonated. It. Mm-hmm. Some people might feel like, oh, it's because you're a man, you're a pick me, blah, blah, blah. But I'm not going to be told what I should be offended by. I personally feel like I wasn't tired to talk about it. I just felt like, well, I guess everybody got their opinions, but I'm not, if I don't agree with something, I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon and go super hard on somebody, which I wasn't offended by. That's just me. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's other people that have the same opinion, but I, I laughed at it. But I want to know something. Even though 
I was sitting on the sidelines watching everything. I wasn't against the girls who who are offended by it because it's not for me to say, oh, you shouldn't be. Why are you upset? No, because just because I wasn't offended by it doesn't mean that you don't have a right to not be offended by it. Yeah, I'm not saying that I mean, either. to be offended by it. I'm not saying that. No, no, no. And I'm not saying that you I'm are. I'm saying don't I'm just make saying, me but, seem like a transphobe. I'm saying from my no, perspective. No, from my perspective, I'm saying don't make it seem like I'm a transphobe. As, like, don't tell me as a trans person what to be offended by. That's how I felt about it. And that's when what people, I'm saying. I know when people, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about just in general. When people say if you agree with him, if you laughed at it, you know, this and this and this, you are transphobe, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, bruh, what? And especially cis people telling me, a trans person, what to be offended by. I thought that was weird. So I didn't like that. I didn't like what people was, how people was telling me what I should be offended by, especially when it came to a comedy special. And I feel like we're in a time where we are gaining more rights and power and stuff. So I feel like we can, we're at a time where we can afford some jokes. And I understand that there's still oppression there, especially with Black trans women, but he wasn't talking about Black trans women. He was critiquing white LGBT people. But is that an issue that the fact that he didn't even bring us the fuck up? He did. He put black. He put protect black trans women at the end on his credits. <laughs> that I was performative. That was performative, though. That wasn't. Now, who's to say it was performative? It looked performative to me. If if you were trying to hold you accountable and you're not being held and you're not trying to be held accountable for what you're saying, and then you put black trans people at the end of a special while while the whole special is invalidating our womanhood, how is that not performative? How was it invalidated? Well, yeah, it was kind of invalidated, but I feel like he was he was joking about. I feel like when he talked about the man with the vagina and the thing, even though he's being sarcastic about it, it would make him feel more uncomfortable. I still, I feel like he, I feel like, I felt like it wasn't invalidating my manhood. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I, you know, I if that make if it made you feel offended and uh, it invalidated anything, you know, that's you, me, that's where Z is at. <laughs> but I stayed quiet about it. I respected everybody how they felt, but don't tell me that. But is this your purpose talking to? That's how people may feel. That's how some may feel. Because you know, like the it. trans men are really, you know, y'all. I don't feel like it. I feel like I'm just a person that have my own humor, joke at, can joke about myself, can laugh at myself. And me and you make fun of each other all but the would time. But would you have thought it was... We dead name each other purposely in the house. But you might not name it. We got a different yeah, connection. That's not the same I'm thing. Saying, but what I was going to say... We, I'm, we, I'm but hold on. I'm saying that's my, that's my humor. No, I know. I hear you. But listen... If he would have said <laughs> the opposite joke about pre-op versus post-op trans men. I would feel like it's not the same thing. You're you right. You wouldn't have felt, but you, would you have felt I would the way? Say, I would say, yeah, you're right. It's not the same. Okay. So you wouldn't have been sensitive to it? No. I'm going to have I don't know. I just I don't believe you, but I'm it's not about your it's not about humor because I have a dark sense of humor. I have a humor that 
is not politically correct. I don't, I, that's, it's not that. It's, I don't see how you felt affirmed by what was said. You felt, a, you, your transness was affirmed by what was said. Because he, because nobody else talks about us. And I so, guess that's so like, it, it's just because like just because they're talking about us in a neg just whether it's a negative way or not is still it's just because it they're in talking a joking way. That's how I looked at it, not negative or positive. It was joking. Like I don't know. I feel like I can be joked about, not in a sense of I didn't feel like it was invalidated for me. Just talking about a man. I don't know a man with a vagina. It didn't feel invalidating. Like it just what did it feel? feel like? that it felt affirming. Not that it was like wow. It was just like oh wow, somebody is finally brought up trans men. I never heard that before. Like I don't know. It wasn't like I feel so proud of myself now. It was just like it was just like they brought it up and you. He, he talked about feminism. Even when he's talking about feminism, it was uncomfortable, but it was. It sparked conversation. I felt like he's that type of comedian where he he did it purposely to spark the conversation. So I don't, that's how I looked at the big picture. Like he was sparking the conversation in his own way, and that I felt like if it's gonna come from a cis man, that's how it's gonna come out. And even with you know, some people feel like only trans people can joke about each other, or only we can afford to joke about each other. But when Flame Monroe was joking about about us, it was still like so. I feel like is can we ever joke about ourselves? Like can we ever joke about trans people? And it's feeling like no. And no matter how many protections we get, it's like stop doing that. That's how that's that's how the tone feels. And I feel like I want to be a part of stuff. I want to be a part of comedy. I want to be a part of the world. I want to be part of topics too. Maybe that's setting the bar low, but I don't know. I mean, I think I think that your opinion and your your feelings are valid. I but I also feel like just like um trans athletes, student trans athletes and school and just introducing transness to heteronormativity, there are some when we enter those spaces, there are some things that I feel like need to be corrected. And I think that's the issue that nobody has figured out like the regimen, like this is what's okay with this is what not, this is what's not okay. Like what can we do in order to, to make it a safe space for us to be in those spaces? Did this, did this, the conversation that you feel um, Dave Chappelle had, did it move us forward? Are you asking me that? I'm asking. I feel like it will if he gets canceled. I feel like. I well, feel he's like not getting canceled. So you felt the conversation, the the conversation that he sparked. You said he sparked a conversation. Did it move us forward? Um, I can't tell now. I can't tell because it's still like ongoing. I feel like I feel like. I can't tell right now, but I don't, but I wasn't looking at the comedy special expecting like how I look at entertainment. I don't expect entertainment to move me forward. So you don't think, you don't think any of the, you don't think entertainment, movies, comedy, music, move culture forward at all. I feel like it can. 
I, I do feel like it can, but I'm not coming into it like, oh, let Dave Chappelle move me forward. I'm looking at it like, let Dave Chappelle make me laugh. Then you said, <laughs> you said that you, but you said that you, that what he showed you was a move forward in your mind. Him showing you Black Trans Lives Matter at the end of the special and him mentioning trans people, mentioning trans men, that was forward to you. That's what you just said. Just the well, mention yeah. of you. In, in that sense, in that sense, yes. Because in that sense, yes. Because it was talked about, no other people really done that. Nobody really... Um, it seems like nowadays nobody really has the guts to do it. And I'm confused about that. There's literally a special on Netflix about transness. Are we talking about comedians? Are we talking? When yeah, you say yeah, yeah. Nobody talking ever. I'm talking about like black comedian. Like that's he's talking about long, spaces. Like that's been around that long. You're talking about certain spaces and different um, classes, right? And us being brought into those spaces, right? When I talk about different spaces, like um, certain classes, like hierarchy, when you think about Dave Chappelle's status and who who his audience reaches, and then when you talk about talk about like his space, that more heteronormativity type of space. That's what I meant by that. Is that what you mean? Yeah, well, just like a black comedian that's been around that long, like a veteran, that comedian. I mean, that comedy that talked about it and talked about his critique. You know, like like you said, you know, it's a racial critique. You don't feel like it's nothing special. But I feel like it's something that Black trans people have been complaining about a lot. Like, uh, a lot since the 60s about how white racist gays have been kind of just reaping the benefits of stuff because of their whiteness. Yes, but like, is, this, is this a cishet man position to talk about when we're holding him accountable for his transphobia? It's, it's, it doesn't feel right when you're saying it as a response to us holding you accountable for your transphobia, Dave. Yes, we want it to be a conversation, but not as a rebuttal to what we're talking about the problem with you. Do you see what I'm saying? That, There's a difference a, between bringing was that the it up. Of the special, it, Dominic? Huh? Like, was that was that the purpose? Was his special supposed to be a rebuttal to the trans? Yes. Like, you didn't get that. You didn't get I that. Didn't know. He said, "I started with the special." I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm if I missed it. I'm that's I'm just asking you a question, wrong guy. I'm asking you how did? But he literally opened it up when he started talking about it about the backlash of the last special of Six and Stones. Like, he literally, this was his response to the backlash of Six and Stones. Okay. Well, yeah. I, okay, so I missed that part. I was just asking. Well, <laughs> just... how I feel about it is still the same. <laughs> the past month, you know, that's a, that's the perfect rebuttal. I mean, how do you, I just, I just, I don't know. I just, if that's if that rebuttal makes anybody uncomfortable, I understand. However, Z has these feelings. If that makes me whatever, my opinion is my opinion. My humor is my humor. Me, you are able to joke about stuff, and, and I guess 
in a politically correct lens, it would be very problematic how we joke with each other. So it's just I, I don't think know. that us joking with each other is a different dynamic when you think it about is, we're talking about a public figure on Netflix. I think you're comparing y'all at home with Dave Chappelle. I'm comparing it because my humor, I'm talking about my humor can go very far. So that's why my humor is able to take it, if that makes sense. My okay. humor that's what you're explaining. I'm able to still laugh at it. Like I'm able to laugh. And myself when it comes to my transness. And I understand, and I understand that. that people might have it so tough in the world where they are able to pass and they're oppressed. And they oh, you starting to sound late. No, listen, mm. they might not have protections like at my job where it says, you know, leave this trans people, leave trans people alone, you know, affirm them. Maybe that's my privilege talking or my job protects me. And you know what I'm saying? So it's just like maybe that's what happens. I don't know, but I, he thought it was funny. Right. Well, interesting. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I the sticks and stones. I, this one for me, sticks and stones was a different. I understood what he was saying in sticks and stones. This one was totally. Um. um it just felt like a, uh, it didn't feel like jokes. It didn't feel like his normal, I'm giving you a punchline and I'm getting to the joke. This didn't feel like that. This feels like him him crossing the line. It felt like him um, um, drawing a line in the sand. I, I'm not, I don't fuck with y'all like that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think y'all, you know, I don't think y'all are what you are, <laughs> what you say you are. And um, I agree with the white woman. <laughs> with the white woman that doesn't affirm what y'all are, that everything she said, I agree with. Um, and, you know, there was other things that he was talking about that just, it just, it felt weird to me. Um, I was tired of hearing about it because tired, y'all not going to cancel Dave Chappelle. Y'all not going to do that because he is, he, ha- he has too much money and power and he's aligning himself with the conservative black left and so the conservative black left the, the the conservative black people that don't fuck with gays that don't fuck with um trans people he's aligning himself with them that don't believe that trans people are real he think that you are a man that you are that you are not a woman <laughs> that a woman is a woman hold on a sister woman you're talking to me diamond i'm talking to the audience i'm talking to whoever uh, listening. no because when you was like you <laughs> Uh, he doesn't think that you are a woman and he does not think that you are a man yeah he does not think that you are a man he's aligning himself with the conservative left and um that's what we battle (laughs) we battle homophobia and transphobia and people invalidating our experience whether they black or white whether they are, um, it doesn't matter. I think that anybody who invalidates our experience like is invalidated. I just don't feel that, but I understand what you're saying. I just don't feel invalidated. You don't have to feel. I'm not telling you what to feel. I'm telling you what I <laughs> thought about the special, <laughs> just like you did. You don't have to feel invalidated if you didn't. If you didn't get offended, I'm not trying to force you to be offended. <laughs> It's my turn. I'm telling what I feel. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just 
you don't have to feel invalidated. But if 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 he calls you, if you, he he says that you're not the real thing, the I'm real not. thing is the real thing. <laughs> that was not. was very clear. And if you think that you're not, then that's cool. That's cool too. I think that I am. I think I'm a real woman. <laughs> I don't. I don't. You know, of of a different experience and a different history, but it doesn't make me unreal. And so, um, yeah, that's that's how I feel. And so, when he aligns himself with a uh, transphobe, a uh, public, a white woman transphobe, it it just was a whole different level of wrong for me. And. But I also know that we don't have the power to cancel him. He has too much money. He has too many people that align with his beliefs about transness. And at this point in our movement, we're not going to have the power to affect him in particular. So I think it's a, the battle is tiring because it's a waste of time. What makes you so sure that? Because what makes you so sure? Sure of what? that he won't have any repercussions. Because he hasn't. But how do you know that it's not one of those things that's dragged on and then out of nowhere? I'm pretty, because he's going to be in in his rich house in Ohio with his Asian wife and his biracial children. And he's going to have (laughs) money. He's going to be doing his thing. What you mean by the biracial children diving, girl? Exactly what I said. (laughs) He's going to be in Ohio with his Asian wife and his biracial children living. Are you practicing colorism? Are you you practicing colorism? What does that have to do with colorism? He has biracial children. So he's he's living... So he, you know, she's just stating that fact. But well, what, what, what's important is stating that they buy. I'm stating, dollars. I'm, I'm stating his life. His life is going to be a rich in Ohio with his uh-huh. Asian wife and his biracial children living. But what the biracial children got to do with anything? What his Asian wife got to do with? I'm naming all the things that are part of him. That's that's in his life in his core in his core circle. But there's a lot of things in his core circle versus. Why? Why you gotta mention his? Why I gotta children? mention Ohio? Well, I'm saying like just his children. Why? Why like Ohio? Biracial? I mentioned Ohio. Why are you mad about biracial? Because you biracial, you feel offended. I think, <laughs> yes, bitch, yes, bro. So I'm y'all, not, so that's another thing. So on, now I'm you not, got I'm the not, smoke. Not, now you got I'm the not, smoke. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> Now the smoke comes up. You're not tired. You got it. You got high. You got energy now. The energy just came. The it, no. you was tired and restless when it was about transphobia, but now no. it's you, now you are you are a bi girl's offended because I mentioned no, his biracial kids. Now you got the smoke. The fire is in you. It, it's like it's like the church folks say, "Shut up in your bones, man." <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, listen. No, it ain't even giving that. I just wanted to. I just wanted to see what the, what if that was giving a girl like. What's the point of mentioning Byron? I'm mentioning his whole <laughs> life, his life, his career will go on. He will live in his mansion in lovely uh-huh. rural Ohio with his Asian wife and his biracial children. He will get his coins. He will continue to make his money. That is just what's going to happen. So, are you saying that he shouldn't because making trans jokes? 
If it was up to me, yeah, it would be canceled. So he would have no money, no. No, that's not what I'm saying. I don't think he should be canceled to that level. I think he's just gonna have some consequences. What that should be, I don't know. He should have the money that's that he my, should. That's my thing. It's it's not that deep for me to take the man livelihood away. That's how I feel about it, to silence him. Because I enjoyed it, I don't feel like it should be taken down. Like it's I, just I, if like, you listen to what I have if said. He a, if he was a senator and was saying, you know, being all trans people and went just or he was a dictator and went straight fascist and was like kill all of them. Or if he was a part of a government, I would be deeply like, what the fuck? But he's always done very, very, very problematic stuff. So I don't expect nothing else from Dave Chappelle. You look at his whole career, he's literally been making problematic, dark jokes. So it's just like, of course, it was a matter of time with the social climate of trans people saying that. I'm I'm just like a cis woman. I'm the same. He felt like, okay, listen, y'all bullied me the last thing. So this is how I feel. I'm going to just lay it all out. And it's my last time talking about it. I'm going to throw a little joke here, throw a joke here, and then I'm done with it. That's how I saw it. So it's just like... I'm yeah. just not going to let the girls get to me at this point. There are certain things that I am triggered by. Yes, of course. But there are some things that I'm just like... And it's like people are just thinking that he should just like not do comedy no more, not, you know, not have a livelihood anymore, have money. It's just like, all right. I don't know. I just think that, I think that, um, I just want, I think to, that everybody I just want y'all to pay attention when y'all this free about other things. It, 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 you have to draw the line somewhere. If, if you don't care, if you think everybody should be able to say whatever they want to say, and and still have all the I privileges the that they have. I didn't say that. Yeah. I, I know. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about I, what you just said. I draw the line at people like Lil Duval that go on like Breakfast Club saying trans women should be killed and stuff like that. That's why I draw a line when you say people should be killed or getting rid of when you don't agree with their their way of living and how they live. And you know that's why I draw the line. You think that you trying to take away from people livelihood. That's where I draw the line. I don't draw the line that you saying there's a difference between me and a cisgender man. Because it's a, it's true. I just feel like um I just feel like <laughs> that <laughs> that <laughs> that I'm not gonna be upset about my sisters and my brothers who feel like I'm offended by this, like bitch if let him know, hey, this is what it is. Because what you might be offended by, I may not be offended by. What you may, what I may not be offended by, you may be. So who am I to say what you can and you cannot be? But don't judge me because I'm sitting this one out, sis. Bitch, I'm focusing on something else. It's not that I don't give a fuck. Because if if bitch, if it came down to it and they said, girl, we need you, bitch, I'm there. But Everybody got their fight. I'm just unless you're tired. You sound too tired. Unless you're tired. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not tired. I'm not tired. I'm just saying. I just don't. I'm sending this one out. I'm not because, like, like you said, he has so much power that the energy that it takes in order to deplatform him, in order to serve him consequences, you gotta be ready for that. And why put yourself? Why not? Why put yourself in a predicament 
that you're not ready in. It's a lot of girls that put themselves in predicament where they put one foot in and one foot out. This is not that this is not that game you played in kindergarten. You got to put two foot in. And if you if you're not prepared to do that, why do it? And I'm not going to I'm not going to be fake. Like I'm not prepared to go full out and 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 the uh and wear it out for that particular thing. But I'm not saying don't do it, bitch. I'm behind the girls. I'm behind everybody. Well, I'm not saying, oh, you, you, you're too sensitive because I hate that shit. That burns my pussy. That's one. Of the, that's that's something that our oppressors says to us in order to silence us. I don't feel like people are too sensitive. I feel like if everybody's entitled to their opinion, I'm, I'm entitled to mine. Don't try to make me feel bad because we don't have the same one. That's where and, I'm. At. And op- some opinions are trash. Well, people say, people say, in their eyes, people say all the time, I'm entitled to my opinion. And that opinion, a a racist white man could say, I think niggers are all fucking dirty, disgusting, lazy fucking bums. That's his opinion. I don't, I don't think, I'm, I don't think that all trans people are, are the opposite of what they say they are. I don't think that, you know, that they're trash and they're lazy and, you know, I don't feel those things. I just feel like I enjoyed it. Don't try to make me feel bad if I did. Yeah, you shouldn't feel bad about your opinion, but uh, just because the whole idea of a uh, uh, in my opinion is my opinion and da 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 that's the same thing trash-ass fucking cishet people who don't fuck with us, who do want us to be off the fucking earth have. That's that's what they say. That's shit. That, this is my opinion. I, I hear that all the time when it comes to these type of conversations. And I'm like, just being an opinion don't mean that it's not trash. Are you saying that's how Z is right now? <laughs> anybody. If anybody. Like my opinion Z? is trash. Hey, you're entitled to your opinion because why? Your opinion is your opinion. Yeah, but just because you have an opinion doesn't mean that it's not trash. That's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about people, period, who have opinions. Yeah, I know. I, I don't. I'm I'm not offended. I'm just saying, yeah. hey, if they're enti- if you feel like my opinion is trash, hey, you're entitled to your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> that's my two cents on it. Yeah, so it ain't nothing deep, honestly. You for me, I I want y'all to people who are listening. I want you to pay attention to. What happens next? Pay attention to what happens next with other people that do something that is anti-trans, that is anti-black um, women, that is anti-gay men, that is anti-something, and really pay attention to how people respond to it and see who get grace and see who do not. That's what I want y'all to pay attention to. And this, uh, we're not talking about just people on this podcast. We talk, I'm talking about Culture, community, I want y'all to pay attention to, because we have this conversation very a lot when we have conversation about how George Floyd gets everybody the global, this global response. But Breonna Taylor and Tony McDade and, you know, other types of people don't get the same response. Other people have, they get tired when it comes to other people that are not in their demographic or that it does not have the same opinion or same mind or same voice or same humor. Um, 
they, for some reason, they get tired or they're not interested or they're um, indifferent about those people. So pay attention to who gets that kind of grace and who gets that kind of, mm, that kind of shoulder shrugs. And it's not me. Uh, eh, I'm not offended. Obviously, that ain't got nothing to do with me. Pay attention to when that happens. Yes, you know, I believe I agree. You've had George M. Johnson on the podcast before. He's a author, also an activist. He was on. Uh, I first saw him on a panel with um, black conservatives and black liberals, and he was part of the black. Um, liberal side, and they were just talking about different topics and topics and stuff. And I just remember him as the person that was making all the funny faces, like, "What? What's going?" <laughs> as some people's answers. And he's made a book called "All Boys Aren't Blue." It's basically a memoir um, uh, aimed towards um, young adults and teens, and it's one of the best-selling books. And the past couple years or or year or so and uh gabrielle union kind of shouted it out too uh, actually george i think goes by they them pronouns if i'm not mistaken and uh in the book i haven't read it but uh they kind of explored um racism queerness growing up a black queer child and a little bit of some transness in there um, but basically, a lot of parents have been calling for it to be taken out of school libraries. And so um, there's been schools, let me see, in Texas, uh, North Carolina, uh, North, wait, North Kansas City, I mean, North Kansas City, um, some parents on the board wanted it taken down because they said that it show it talks about sexually explicit things. Some have even gone far enough to say that it's straight up porn. And um, he did a interview, you know, kind of talking about it. And he said, uh, you know, I expected this to come, you know what I'm saying? I got prepared for it or whatever. Um, and I went and looked myself you know, even though I didn't read it, I read at what the, the, the small part of what people kind of exploited or whatever. And I personally would be uncomfortable with it, with my, <laughs> my high schooler, 14 to 18, reading it. That's me. But it was um, maybe like a little bit in one chapter where he kind of talked about um, sexuality and he also talked about sexual assault and um, different things and there also was another book alongside it that was being trying to be banned it's called Fun Home a family tragic comic it's a comic book about a lesbian whose father was gay as well and it kind of talked about, it kind of touched on sexuality a little bit in a little descriptive way. And so a lot of parents opposed to that. So have you guys heard about the book at all? 
Only from when you showed it to me. Okay. Diamond, I, I know you heard about the book. Yes, he was on the show because of the book. How powerful it was. Right, right. right. So have you have you read it? Yes. Okay, so how did you feel about when he was exploring the sexual stuff on the book? Um, it was literally only one chapter. Mm-hmm. The, there was only one chapter with sex involved. Um, I'm somebody who feels like children should be taught about sex very early. Um, as soon as they start talking about it, as soon as they start asking questions, that's when we should have conversations about sex. Um, and and I, I can admit that that is because of when I was younger, I would, I had... Um, sexual experiences with my peers that I wish that I had conversations that I had adults to explain certain things because it made me more vulnerable to miseducation because the the adults around me weren't comfortable talking about sex with me. And I could have easily been put in situations that were harmful um, if, if, um, if they didn't talk to me about it. Um, I, me and my peers, not adults, but me and my peers were doing sexual things prior to high school, <laughs> prior to junior high. Um, and so, and there's a lot of people who I know who were having sexual experimentation prior to junior high and high school. Now, there's some people who didn't, you get what I'm saying? But there was a lot of people who who were and who were not maybe not necessarily having intercourse. Some were, but not necessarily having, but at least like oral sex, you know, just a sexual activity, masturbating each other, um, humping, <laughs> like things, things like that, which lead to the real down the line thing stuff. So if I for me. I feel like you should have those conversations early. I think it will prevent so many things, so much confusion, so much lies that can be told from older peers. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like a 16-year-old can't lie to your 14-year-old about sex and what can't happen and what can't can and can't happen. So I feel like it should be talked about. And um, sometimes books, and there's so much in this book that is powerful. There's so much conversation that can be had when it comes to family and acceptance and um, alienation. And so there's so many other themes because it, it, this, that literally is just one little section of that one chapter um, where they're taught, where they, you know, he was talking about his first experience of having sex and stuff like that. And um yeah, for me, I just feel like I think you need to start doing that stuff early. And you, you need to have that conversation. And a book like this will be a perfect catalyst to talk about because it's a book. It'll be a perfect catalyst for parents to be active in their child's um, education and actually, you get what I'm saying? Oh, y'all read this at school. So let's talk about it. What did you learn? What did you learn from this book? So I think it's powerful to, and I wouldn't be tripping. Um, he said, uh, George F. Johnson says, removing my book doesn't mean that your child won't still have experiences with the topics I discuss in my book. George says, it simply means they won't know how to deal with those situations when they happen and you'll have no one to blame but yourself. 
um, some the interviewer asked, you know, is there a difference between them, you know, banning it rather than keeping it? And then he was like, you know, absolutely, duh, you know, because, um, you know, it's stuff that can be talked about. And, you know, basically the same reason. Um, other children should be taking away that opportunity if there are parents that do agree with it versus those few parents that might not disagree. I mean, that might not agree with it. And how I look at it, you know, going by what the, the sexual stuff is, I feel like it's one of those things where there may need to be a permission slip um, <laughs> from the parents because in it, it says, you told me to take off my pants, which you did. You then took off your shorts, lowered by your boxers. There you stood in front of me, fully erect, and said, taste it. At first, I laughed and refused, but then you said, come on, something. This is what boys like to do with us when we like each other. I finally listened to you. Then you got down on your knees and told me to close my eyes. Then you began giving me oral sex as well. And there's another part where it says he didn't know I was a virgin and I did my best to act dominant with my favorite porn star. For the first few minutes, we dry humped and grinded. I was behind him with my stomach on his back as we kissed. And he pulled out some, a, a condom and some lube. I had never done it before. I had one point of reference, though, that was the seven years plus of watching pornography. Although the porn was heterosexual, it was enough to of a reference point to get the job done. I for, I felt like it could have done without those <laughs> those details. Uh, but you know, my, like like he said, it shouldn't take away from those parents that have talked about sex already and are comfortable with it. I feel like maybe it should be one of those things where parents would have to sign a permission slip because I remember being younger where um, we were talking about, we were about to talk about sex and like the anatomies and stuff growing up or coming of age. And the parents had to sign permission. So like, are you okay with your child learning about this? And then, you know, my parents say, yes, it's fine. You know what I'm saying? And that's how I feel like maybe that's a safer way to go about it because people are sexually active at that age. However, I personally wasn't. So at what age? from 14 to 18 maybe I, I started to get sexually active like 17 when you start masturbating um maybe like 16 but we but we never learned like when I was in health class we learned about like sex and penis and what a vagina is. And, you know, and George kind of explores that, like, if we don't talk about it, you know, what is, where, what is, you know, pornography in a sense of if we're just, if I'm talking about it in that way, you know what I'm saying? Because in health class, they talk about, you know, penis and vagina, you know, kind of justifying it in that way. Like, well, they shouldn't talk about it at all if it's go if we can't talk about it and how I want to do it when only a little part was was said about it. But I still feel like it was a little too a little too explicit and descriptive. And I want to be able to have that 
authority for them to learn that and learn about what porn is and what a porn star is and what a condom is and lube is. I want to be able to do that. That's me. I want to be able to do that myself. So. Yeah, so we um, we have been through this before in regards to Black authors. There has been so many Black authors that have been banned um, out of schools. Um, one of my favorite authors, Toni Morrison, um, Beloved, was banned. Um, in 19, it, it came out in 1987, and it was banned in 2007. Mm-hmm or I can't remember the exact year, but it was banned and um, it was because of the sexuality in the book and the um, and the racial stuff that was going on. Um, and I'm going to play a clip right here of Toni Morrison talking about this subject. She's basically saying that she, you don't have the right to tell me as a parent what I want my children to be exposed to. Banning the book forces all of us, even the ones who accept it, like Z just said, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. forces all of us to not have our children exposed to this kind of education. Yes, you have the right to tell your children to mm-hmm. say, no, I don't want your children to read it, but my children. I want my children to read all books and I'm the parent. So I'm going to step in and explain to them if they come across a book that they need some explaining, then I'm going to step in. But banning it forces my children out of that education. And Mm -hmm. I think that aligns with what Z said in regards to like at least make some type of um, caveat where, you know, you got to get permission. You got to, you know, have permission slips and um, yeah. And so. I think that's I think that's totally fair. I think that's uh, for me. I think that's a fair assessment because if it's my children, I want to decide. I want to have the decision um, on what they are exposed to, and yeah, and when it's and when it's the right time. Now, my children, it's gonna be real early. We're gonna be talking about sex really <laughs> because that's I true. because I want it to be. Um, I want it to be open. I want it to, I want them to set and feel like I can talk to my mama about anything. I could, I talk, I can talk to my parent, however I want to talk to them. Any kind of questions I have, um, because I, I, you don't understand how proud and comfortable I was <laughs> when my little brother came to me as a teenager and wa- literally walked in my room, closed the door, Pulled his dick out. <laughs> pulled his dick out and said, Diamond, what is this? Because he had a little bump <laughs> on his dick hairs. I said, mm, I think that that is a um, ingrown hair. Let me show you. I literally took some tweezers and pulled the hair out of the ingrown. And he was like, oh, shit. I thought that I had some type of STD because I was fucking with this girl. This is at 16. There was no shame. There was no um, he literally said, hey, what's going on? And I know I can come talk to you about it. 
without mm-hmm. feeling ashamed. I want my children like that to me. I want them to be comfortable enough that if they have questions th- about their bodies, about their sexuality, about what's going on with their bodies, that they they know they can come to me without any judgment, with comfort, with um, without being judged, without being scolded, without being without getting in trouble. I want them to know that because I think a lot of times our our kids are in situations that we don't as just as humans that we don't that we can't protect them from all the time. Do you know how many people? How many girls? that have told me that they got pregnant because they didn't think that they could get pregnant. Oh, I hear that from some trans men too. My sister said that. That I didn't, for whatever reason, because he pulled out, because I'm on birth control, because mm-hmm. like all, so many different things. These lies that the boy has told her, well, well um, I'm not... Um, something, 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 just a lie, just something that mm-hmm. wasn't true about pregnancy or how to get pregnant and then here she go having sex with the boy or maybe they were just both ignorant too and they boy they both ignorant he might not be lying he probably don't even fucking know he just trying to get his little dick wet you get what i'm saying and so if if i I do i wouldn't want my children in situations like that i want them to be like uh nah that's not what my parents said my parents said and this is what it is and so i just i just would like to be in that space, but I also understand that every parent has the right to raise their children how they want, have conversations when they want to have them, when they feel comfortable. And yeah, I think that that is a great compromise in regards to, you know, permission slips and, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. And some people were critiquing, you know, they were like, you weren't saying anything about the books of of Popeye where he raped a 17-year-old with a corn cob that was part of curriculum and, and or at, at a at a library, which um all boys aren't blue isn't part of curriculum, but it's just free in the I mean it's in the libraries. Right. It's um, in the library. They, yeah. And so they were saying, you know, y'all weren't critiquing requiem for a nun following which Popeye pimps out the girl so he can watch. None include the the use of the N-word. Y'all didn't go all out about that. And the racism of Twain's Huckleberry Finn that was part of the school library. Um, Nausicaa um, episode in James Ulysses where Leopold Bloom masturbates to Gertie McDowell's leg. What the and- fuck? They they don't they don't talk about the male brutality and having police state themes of like handmaids telling their in the letter A in, in schools and stuff. The letter so A. They were like, so why now when this black queer man is getting popular and this and, the, the, and the Bible, kid, you know, and they they talk about this, you know, what I'm saying so that's that's people critique which I which I think is fair, you know. It shouldn't, those shouldn't be there, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? But they, they, and a, a, a great, of Mice and Men, I remember reading that. He literally murdered, one of the characters literally murdered somebody. You know, that was part of our curriculum. So it's just like, you know, you, you can't just, 
you know, just let certain shit slide. You know, they let a lot of shit slide when, when it comes to and the gay the shit. You know, that's when I draw the line. And it's like, y'all can't keep drawing a line at certain stuff, like picking and choosing. Like, yeah. this is what happens when you let certain shit slide as it is. So it's just like, you know what I mean? Like, what you expect. That's how I look at it. Well, y'all already know. I ain't give my little one two on it, but y'all know my mama made sure I knew what sex for dummies was. Mm -hmm. Honey, this was outside of school, though. She took me to sex conventions. (laughs) I went to the sex shop with my mama when I got older. She made sure that I knew about sex. But I was also a very, very inquisitive child. I asked tons of questions, but my mom didn't make it weird. She, she, she just taught me information, which scared me. Look, not scared me, but it prepared me. I think the consequences of being um, being immature and making the wrong uh, choices is what scared me. The results of what that could be sexually. But um, I agree that there should be like a line because I remember being in high school and reading Eric James, Jerome Dickey, and Zane, and my just my friend not being able to take it home with her because her her parents were super religious. And was it in your school library? No, of course not. I'm, no, I'm, well, the reason why I'm bringing it up is because this was outside of school, and I'm I'm um, bringing it up. I'm, I'm mentioning my friend just to show like. The different type of parents there are. My, um, she, she couldn't even watch um, TV. She couldn't watch BET. She couldn't even watch movies. She, she, it was there was she was her household was so strict, and there are a lot of people that are like that. So I understand where people are like, you know, there are certain things that I want to be able to have a choice in what my child sees and what they don't want to see. Okay, you know, I understand that. But then also, like, you got to be fair, too. So, I mean, I get both sides. Yeah, you can't be too loose. You can't be too tight. Yeah, it's too like, tight, they start being wild. Because they're going to find out on their own. They, they don't know. They're ignorant to stuff. Baby, and you will want them to know before they don't know. Yeah. Oh, no, until well, they find out on their own. Did that's y'all, the, that's did the worst thing. Uh, let me ask this: Did y'all were th- was there something in y'all teenage years, like junior high, high school, that y'all were exposed to that was too much to y'all brain, like y'all that confused y'all or anything? Was there any a movie or a book or something that um, y'all thought was like, ooh, this is kind of way different than I thought? I would say my my dad was a little loose with. Like watching stuff in front of me, watching certain stuff, and it made me uncomfortable. Like, like, how do I explain it? Like, you watch stuff like The Wire <laughs> and stuff like, uh, like I remember one particular movie that made me uncomfortable was uh, Training Day when her titties was out. It's just when it gets to. Uh, there's been a lot of different instances where stuff has been like, I know I'm not supposed to be looking at this. Like, I'm too immature to even understand what's going on. Like, it's almost alarming. Like, I don't know. It's almost alarming where it's uncomfortable. Like, there's been many 
different moments like that when it came to movies, but not really books or nothing like books or nothing like that. And then like seeing porn for the first time made me be like, ah, I don't really care for this. Listen. But it is something that sparks curiosity because it's natural part of life. You know what I'm saying? It's also something you know is normal deep down, but your immature my level of immaturity wasn't high enough for me to feel comfortable, like curious enough to look like looking with a curious mind and maybe be like, no, no, you know, I'm resisting. Like I added some resistance, if that makes sense. Mm. Mm. Well, you said Elin Harris, Eric Jerome Dickey. Those are classic queer authors. No, and I didn't Zane. say Elin Harris. I just said Eric Jerome Dickey. And oh, I thought you Zane. said Elin Harris and Zane. Okay. Just, well, Elin Harris is in that vein of Eric Jerome Dickey um, and Zane. And um, so you were exposed to those. Were they, did, what that was, was, that was, there, was um, at was the it? local library. Oh, okay. What ma- how did you find it. them? Um, my mama. Oh, your mama showed them to you? She didn't show them to me, but she was listening to like the um the audio version one day, and I said, "What's that you listening to?" And she was like, "Oh, this book." And I was like, "Oh, can I read it?" I think she was like, "Yeah," but it was interesting that I was okay. It was that was like my my getaway. Like I couldn't like you know I grew up in a super religious home, so. It was like a forbidden fruit. Mm. So, she like, you about it yet. yeah, I couldn't indulge in it. I knew about it, but I couldn't indulge in it, which made it an obsession mm. and made it, um, and made it a dark habit. Mm. I'm not gonna go into it, honey, <laughs> <laughs> but just know. I, if you show me probably like a dick, I probably know who it belongs to on, on Pornhub. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I wasn't into Zane. I wasn't into Eric Jerome Dickey or Elon Harris or anything like that. I wasn't into those kind of books. But I think the books that were kind of the first books that were like, I knew I was reading them and they were kind of inappropriate. They weren't, you know what I'm saying? Like if you watch a movie, you know, this is, honey very disney and clean and then you watch one another movie it's like ooh, this is uh, this is deep the first time i felt that kind of like oh wow this is a book that i've never this is a type of book i've never read <laughs> you know i'm used to fucking you know clean books and so the first time i was like oh my god this is a crazy book was this author by the name of um donald goins um and he was on the same label as um, Iceberg Slim. They were in the same like low tier um, publishing company. That was kind of. I actually listened to a documentary last night. Literally, ironically, I didn't think we were going to talk about. I knew we were going to talk about this, but I didn't think it would relate. But um, Iceberg Slim, he's a pimp, and he had this book called <laughs> Pimp. And um, and in that time, in that time that he was. Um, making books these books Donald Goins and Iceberg Slim and somebody else I can't remember the other person they were making book versions of I want to say book versions but you know how like movies had black exploitations like Dolomite and 
um those kind of like old 70s like movies. series and stuff yeah like like yeah like um black exploitation films there were mm. black there were kind of like black exploitation books yeah um and so one of those authors was Donald Goins and one of his um books were um it was two books that I read uh that I read um one was called Whore Son and the other one was called, hold on, I gotta look it up. But Whore Son, his name was Whore Son, H W H O R S O N, Whore Son. And they named him because his mama was a whore. <laughs> they named him Whore Son. Uh, what? Yeah. It's giving me Richard Pryor tease. Go ahead. <laughs> um, hold on. Oh, that was kind of late. That was a little dark. Let me take that back. Can you take that out, Donald? <laughs> oh, it's kind of late. Yeah, no, this was, was like early seventies. So yes, I the the okay. ones that that I I'm shit. I read all of these. Dope fiend, um, poor son, black girl lost, um, all of these, and they just is about like they. It was pimping, it was fucking, it was robbing, it was killing, it was setting motherfuckers up. It was like a gangster motherfucking life. Um, there was one called Never Die Alone, Street Players, um, Kenyatta's Last Hit. Kenyatta's Last Hit was crazy because they were one part of um one part of it. Um I can't remember what book it was, but they were in lockup, and this dude made this other dude suck his dick in front of all the other niggas. It, there's so <laughs> much going on in these books that were... That's my love. Yes. Like hood. They were hood. They weren't about sexuality. They was about hood gangster life. And, um, Wait, that's, that's right. That's kind of late. Can you take that out now, man? <laughs> <laughs> that's late. And so they were just very extra ass fucking books. And I was reading them as, as a 14 year old, 13, 14 year old. Mm. And um, I got them from my library as well. So I have found one. I had accidentally found one on the bus. Like a community library. Yes. Like a community city library. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so I have found a Donald Goins book on the bus. It was sitting on a seat on the bus and I was going, I can't remember where I was going, but I picked it up and I, th- it was horse son. That was the very first one that I read um, horse son. And, it was, I had never heard a book like this. It was like, whoa. And being an avid reader when I was younger, you know what I'm saying? I'm reading, I'm I'm reading Stephen King. Even Stephen King can get kind of extra too. But um, I'm reading Toni Morrison at the time. Um, I'm just reading these things that seem clean. But this seemed like, ooh, this is like, this is going from, PG to R-rated XX. <laughs> and, and so when I read it, I was like, oh, this it was like a page turner. I just kept on going like, oh my God, there's this character named Boots. I can't remember what book she was in, but it's a black girl. She was a prostitute and I loved her. <laughs> her name was Boots. And yeah, it was it was really quite interesting. And I just continued to read him. I ain't read him in years, but it was it was it just was an interesting set of books that I don't think that I should have been exposed to. But 
I feel like they should have, I, they would have been, it would have been good if I could talk to an adult about what was happening mm-hmm. in the books. I don't yeah. think I, I, I think the exposure without the adult, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I want, I would like the exposure with the guidance of an adult for me to, cause I understood what was happening in the books. It wasn't like I couldn't read and understand. I, I was reading. And so I could understand what was happening and they were page turners. I was engulfed in the story <laughs> as a teenager and, and understanding exploitation and understanding prostitution and understanding drug dealing and understanding gangster mm. life and understanding. I understood these things on a surface level because, you know, rap music was on that. You get what I'm saying? And, 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 and movies would kind of show it to you, but I wish I could have had adult to kind of discuss some of these things so I could understand them on a deeper level. Um, yeah the politics around um you know pimping the politics around drug selling the politics around all of that kind of stuff because i was ignorant to those things yeah yeah um on another part of the uh, the interview um you know the the interviewee uh, the interviewer asked you know um it is a little explicit you know what i'm saying you know, but I think of it like in the sense of Maya Angelou's description of her rape uh, by Mr. Freeman when she was nine, you know, kind of the, it, it kind of like, um, kind of like intentional, like direct about what they're talking about, not necessarily describing it in a sense of porn, but like kind of getting straight to the point. And, you know, George kind of replies, you know, Porn is made to be porn. A book that has sex in it or discusses sex doesn't automatically become porn. If describing sex is porn, then so would any form of sex education, which typically shows pictures of genitalia. Even to explain abstinence, you have to explain what it isn't. So the explanation of sex would still be considered porn under these terms. Sex is part of life, you know, which I, I totally get. You know, but it, it, it still was a little descriptive <laughs> for my liking. I know that me, I would have been like, you didn't start masturbating until no, sixteen saying, years old. This is what I this is what I imagined in my head. All I imagined was people getting the book at school, being immature, and, and that's what happened. Listen, listen, and checking it out, and just being like, look, and get look, passed around, look, yes. look, yeah, look, yeah. and then just me becoming even more uncomfortable. But that's why Diamond was and... like, you know, you need to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> right, and so like that's all I imagine. All I imagine is they gonna get it anyway, you whether know, you want to or if not. You did it permission slip. You know what I'm saying like if it was at a school library, yeah. Even if you, you needed a permission slip, slip, a child whose parents said yes, it would be passed. They're bringing it to school and made and made fun of, and it's just like regardless, people at my age in high school was talking about sex, mm-hmm. not necessarily like being that descriptive, like in health sex class where it's like hot condom. And they lube. need to be and descriptive. Talk, talk about condom and lube. I do feel like. Um, sex education and health class needs to get a little better with it and goes go back to um you know giving asking the parents for permission to talk about certain things in, in depth and have it to where like certain courses if the parents are too uncomfortable to talk it talk about it rather have a teacher that is that is um, professional 
in that aspect to teach in a more safe manner. You know what I'm saying? If the parents is uncomfortable with that, which I feel like my parents were, and it was a disservice, you know, you know, no disrespect to them. It was a disservice to not talk about it in depth, but they were open to um, me learning about it, if that makes sense. Because I remember them signing a permission slip before to talk about periods and how periods work and how penises work and, you know, how vaginas work. So, you know, schools need to get a little better, you know, then we wouldn't really be so, like, scared about children or people becoming as... Or teenagers becoming as, you know, becoming exposed wouldn't be as afraid. Yeah. Because sex is a part of life. You got to stop making it taboo. And it's natural, so. Because I, my homegirl in high school, we had a baby at 11. We was gagging. Yeah. She was bringing her, her children, her child to school. It was... That was... A, I mean, yeah, a lot I, of people I, were getting pregnant, but, like, to I, hear that she had a child at 11 had gagged us, but imagine if she would have... My as a by an adult, well, her baby had an adult. Oh, I don't know the details. And but just the fact that an eleven-year-old had a baby had gagged all of us. Yeah. Who thinks of that? Like it happens. But, but am, I, am I? I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay, Papa. I'm just saying that, like, it, just imagine, like we're talking about education. Just imagine if she had been educated, she probably and you would hate that you have to, but she probably was educated. Shit. But um, at my high school, we literally had a daycare facility next door for the people that had children, and it was a cheap child. I'm not care saying center. she wasn't educated. I'm saying like, I don't want to say that she wasn't educated. I'm just saying like, being able to know like the precautions and different things and being open and things like that. But I just want to clarify. She, was like, 11, she yeah. probably was being molested. Yeah. I don't know the circumstances. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm saying, but usually a, a a person getting pregnant that young, usually they're being molested. Yeah. It's not, it's usually not, oh, my 12-year-old boyfriend is having sex with me and I'm 11. It's usually not that. <laughs> it's usually some adult. For the most part, yeah. yeah. But, at my, but at my school, for them to set up a whole daycare facility for people that had kids at my school, which there was... A bit, because I had a big school. There was quite a lot of girls and teenagers and even guys that have kids. So I was like, you would think that the sex education would be a little better. You know what I'm saying? If y'all setting up a whole facility next door, you know what I'm saying? For kids, for these teenagers that have kids. So these schools need to step it up. You know, in the sense of that, as it go, as it is. So, I understand why. You know, then people wouldn't feel the need to step in and try to, you know, help in that situation. You know, what I'm saying like they wouldn't feel the need to save the world because of y'all disservice of not teaching about queerness and teaching about, you know, teaching about queer sex to these people and teaching, you know, giving people at least that 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 opportunity if the parents allow it. But to ban it all together is a disservice. But to, you know, make it set up to where the parents can give a clear and it's there as a tool to help, that that would actually be better. So that's my opinion on it. Well, hopefully we can figure something out, darling, because 
that's not like a pattern to me from what Diamond said, Black authors and their books being taken out of school. So, yeah, support Black authors. They don't get the kind of push um, all the time um, as other people. Um, he he has, but they have. Um, but support them. And, you know, I think there's a great compromise that we can have other than banning. And I think what Z, what Z um, said is a perfect compromise. Let the, let the parents, um, let the book be required to have permission slips rented <laughs> to um, take it out of the library. And I think that's a good compromise. Yeah, give these people better sex education because they out here being dysfunctional as adults, not knowing what fucking basic female genitalia, how it works from my experience yeah. with all these different people. It's annoying. Yeah, because I get tired of telling, you know, <laughs> telling people how to judge, like, that needs to be put in sex education. Okay. The, the Diamonds video should be right there from YouTube. Dushing. <laughs> Boom. Make sure she get her coin. And we're, we're talking about dushing the anus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, now. <laughs> Booty holes. That should Definitely be in a You should be learning how to prepare for what you're trying to do. Since you want to do it so bad, you should be learning how to prepare <laughs> for it. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, but they be thinking it's no difference. Yes, there's shit that will come out. We can't just do... You just want to do it now? No. It don't work like that. <laughs> All right. I think we done. All right, honey. Welcome back. I missed y'all talking to y'all. Um, yes, we did, honey. And I miss coming over there, but I'm not getting vaccinated, Miss Day. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, we will be back next week and we will chat with y'all. Do y'all have it? We will be doing a lot of stuff, a lot of posts because this is trans week, y'all know this is um trans um awareness week, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah, this is coming out Thursday. So we probably have already posted something along that line. So we will talk to y'all next week. All right. See y'all. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday. So you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You gonna say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Every little thing's gonna be all right. Baby, you're too clean, baby, you're all right.